This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson. Hi there, here we are again. I'm Kate Stevenson. So this must be the Relish Podcast, a celebration of all those things we love to eat, drink, see and do. Now this week on the show, right in the middle of the theatre district, fabulous Spanish restaurant and bar Bomba feels like it's been there forever. It arrived with a bang, excuse the pun, and it's been offering up authentic Spanish dishes and rooftop libations to this day. Well, I can tell you how long it's been there, right on 10 years. Owner and chef Jesse Gurner will join me and explain the inspiration behind that popular joint. Also, we know food is a fickle business, but surely some of the toughest customers aren't even always paying. Children, fussy, finicky, and not afraid to tell you what they really think. I can't imagine then the anxiety that is coming up with a daily lunchbox spread. But what I have noticed on social media is celebrated chef Jerry Mai sharing her efforts for her son Harry in what's become a bit of an ongoing social feature. I'm going to ask her what's working and what's not and whether there are any fail-safe lunchtime menus for Rugrats. And in Eat, Drink, Do Melbourne, Windsor's Neptune is staying true to its name and celebrating seafood, but without the snobbery. Maha East and Maha North are putting Maltese Independence Day on the menu. Robata is marking World Sake Day with a four-course Japanese feast and a foray into the Japanese spirit. Society Restaurant is hosting London's famous Quant Bar for one night only and your chance to check out all that blooms at Yarra Valley's Cherry Blossom Festival. All that is coming up on the Relish Podcast, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Easy Music 3MP. Easy Music 3MP plays all your favourite songs to help you relax. But don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're going to be. Songs you grew up with. So darling, save the last dance for me. Songs you know. Songs you love. with us. Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. Well, it was only about a month or so ago that I popped into a city icon for a pre-theatre feed and chastised myself for leaving it so long in between visits. Bomba Bar was just a delight. I was sitting at the bar watching the chefs at work, getting fabulous Spanish food, creative cocktails and service with a smile. It is no wonder then that Bomba will this year celebrate its 10th birthday and something tells me it's going to be around for at least another decade to come. Here to chat about the mile Stone and the journey to get there is owner and chef Jesse Gurner. Jesse, welcome. Oh, thank you, Kate. How are you? Very well. Hey, 10 years. Has it flown or have you felt every one of them? Um, look, it's almost like it's, yeah, it has flown in, at times and then creeped along at other times, I suppose. Um, it's, I love Bombay. It's been, it's a great business and it's sort of developed over the years and moved and changed. The rooftop bars got bigger, you know, we bought convertible roofs up there. There's the menu sort of, I think we stayed pretty true with what we wanted to do at the start too, because it sort of was born out of Anyada that I had up in Fitzroy. Yeah. There was like much more Southern Spanish. And then with, with Bomba, we just wanted to like open the parameters a little bit more and like go, you know, I've got a lot of friends from Catalonia up North around Barcelona and, and it also became an excuse for us to travel to Spain a lot more and and journey around and just sort of 
look, we, we, we would go and eat at El Sol de Can Rocca and some of these big, amazing, you know, tickets and fancy places, but we'd also really love the Mar and Pa kind of little, little spots that are really well known for a dish, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and yeah, we went on these journeys and, um, that slowed down a bit, obviously over COVID, but yeah. And then through that, you know, it sort of developed over time. We've been able to buy our own wine from Spain and vermouth and, um, just have a lot of fun with it, you know, meet someone who's like, this is the only way you can make morphia, you know, the blood pudding yeah. or, you know, or cure meats or what, whatever, whatever it is, but it's, it's a really enjoyable way of putting a restaurant together. Cause we're learning obviously at the same yeah. time, really do love Bomba. I think, you know, we've, I, I actually had it as the Aylesbury for a few years before. I remember. Bomba, which was like, yeah, it's like a hundred mile kind of style restaurant. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah. Change it to Bomber, it's just zipped along. It's funny you say that. It's funny yeah. you say, like, you know, some people might say, well, that's really indulgent, isn't it? You get to go to Spain and do those things. But I go, how lucky for Melburnians that it's not just someone here going, all right, I've got a Spanish cookbook. We can't cookbook. We kind of know what they do. They do the blah and the blah, and, and that's all you're getting. We yeah. get that taste of Spain, which is amazing. And I, I have to say, yeah. Jesse, for me, when I go to a restaurant, I could order only snacks and entrees. You know, they're always so much more fun. They're so much more creative. Is that one of the beauties of Spanish food, that it really is a celebration of those small dishes and, and you get to have a bit of fun with them? I, I think so, yeah. And and the social aspect of eating like that as well, you know, I think it's sort of, it's a bit different from sitting there and having your own plate and everyone's sort of clinking away at your own plate. You're sort of reaching over and, like, you know, sharing the same dish and talking about what you like and or don't like or whatever it is about about the food. It's um, that's what I loved about Spain. Like, I mean, how I fell into it was I was working at a, a great Spanish, well, Southern Spanish restaurant called Moro in London, and um, and we used to smuggle charcuterie back into London from you know backpacks on from Ryanair flights and yes. like, come on and just stuff a leg like hanging and, out um, the top of the backpack. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of t shirts on top. <laughs> um and and then uh, like I bumped into who's now a really good friend of mine, Cesc Castro, who who'd just come out of like war journalism, spent a bit of time in Iraq and Jordan and some um, places that and then he went and studied so we met sleeping on a, a rooftop like um, backpackers in Cadiz. I slept on that rooftop. Or something. I reckon, yeah, I, reckon yeah, yeah. I know the exact joint. I slept on a rooftop of a hostel in Cadiz. Yeah. It was cheaper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a coffee out of a jar yeah. in the morning. Yeah. And yeah, it was great. But it's not there anymore, unfortunately. But um, yeah, we um, so we met there and then sort of started all our food journeys. And he went deep into sort of food journalism, especially around Barcelona and Catalonia um, and and then you know all the we would always catch up and just and you know at least once a year and go on another little food journey and um, he he was great because he'd get all the insights of you know guys illegally aging cheese and cut in tunnels under Barcelona and like kind of cool you know like go and check out the Mahama like the cured tuna hanging off the boats you know just cool interesting yeah. crazy stuff. 
totally off the point. But I assume <laughs> yeah, amazing food. inspiration for you, yeah, those small snacks and being able yeah. to bring back, you know, the, the stuff that, you know, potentially people who just run a, a Spanish restaurant in, in Melbourne but don't don't take the time to do those journeys, don't, don't get to see the things that then you get to bring back to the people, yeah? Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, the small, small dishes are where it's at. And, like, I just, like, when I was years ago, like, starting these travels, I just thought that the culture in Melbourne and a lot of the cities in Spain were quite similar. You know, like, I, I'm happy for people to come and, like, have a few few drinks and a few snacks here and then go somewhere else and have a few drinks, a few snacks and go and see a show or then come back, go to a rooftop bar, whatever, you know, like, I think it's just such a good way to do a night out as well, you yeah. know, like you sort of, it's not all in the one spot. You can jump around and surprisingly stay a little bit more sober if you're <laughs> mucking around and having a few snacks. So 10 years, it's a milestone, obviously, but it's surely also a reason to celebrate. What are you guys doing sort of over the next couple of months to celebrate? Yeah, it is. It's a, it is a milestone. It's a, it's great. And look, it has, you know, it's been an interesting especially last few years with the COVIDs and stuff. But um, but Bombers tick along really well. To celebrate, we've got a few things coming up. So we've just started these um, sort of bottomless lunches on the rooftop where you get a, a, a couple of course meal and um, bottomless drinks for, for about 80 bucks, which has gone really well. Yeah. Like it's, we just don't do food like that up on the rooftop that much. So we, and people always want to do it. Um, and coming into spring, the weather's getting really nice up there. So yeah. we started doing that and that's jumped along really quickly, which is good. So we're just doing that for spring. The other thing we're doing is on the 1st of October, we've dug back through the files and we've found our original set menu. So we're going to do the first set menu basically. And then we've added a birthday cake on the end, which is like been really fun to check out yeah. some of the old, the older things that we're doing. Um, Anyway, there's like a pickled pork belly that we, we sort of borrowed the idea from, from Casamanteca. Um, we've got these roasted chicken um, croquettas coming on. We've got, we're going back to the pork jowl cooked in, um, like the cheek of the pork cooked in Pedro Jimenez, which is really oh. sweet. Um, we've got some prawns, like in a pil pil, which is like a chili and garlic. There's a real classic dish down south called... Um, uh, Pinchitos Mourinhos, which is like a, a Moorish spiced lamb skewer, but we're doing that on a cutlet yeah. of lamb and then charcoal grilled. Yeah, some oysters, like all yeah. the things that we, that we like a little gazpacho. Um, it's going to be a feast, yeah. Jesse. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Jesse Gurner, chef and owner yeah. at Terrific Bomber Bar in Lonsdale Street. Let's tell people to head to bomberbar.com.au. They can book in for that original menu on October 1st. There'll be two sittings, so still a chance if you jump on now and, and do that. And you can also book in for one of those fabulous bottomless lunches on the rooftop, which is a bit different. You can't usually get that sort of a feed up there on the rooftop. Um, or just to book a return visit at their leisure. It really is a fabulous and fun experience dining at Bomba. I'd recommend people do it. Congrats, Jesse, on 10 years, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, stick around. Plenty more to come on Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson. Well, good food isn't all about eating out or splurging. Sometimes it's about creating great dishes for the ones we love. And is there any more important meal than the humble school lunchbox? I kind of get the feeling that there's a bit more pressure these days to make sure what we pack for the kids is more nutritious and more delicious than ever. 
So if you're lacking inspiration, there is one person who is sharing it in spades on her social media. That is celebrated chef, owner of Fernom, and of course, mum, Jerry Mai. Jerry, welcome. Hi, thanks, Kate. Now, I've got to say, I don't even have kids, but I, I do take a packed work to lunch and I've had packed lunch envy following your exploits on Instagram. Has it always <laughs> been like this have, or have you been putting a bit of work in of late on, on the school lunches? Look, I really hope my son appreciates it as much as you, you, you appreciate it. But, um, look, we started it last year when he's in kinder and we were concentrating on a country every couple of weeks. Yeah. So through the school term, we'll choose a handful of countries that we'll do. We'll talk about the food. We'll talk about the country that it comes from and what he thinks those dishes are. We'll do some work on it. And then I got really busy last, the beginning of this year, and I thought last term, I was like, I've got to get back to this. I really enjoy making it. Mm. I really enjoy sharing the food and talking to Harry about it. And then, like, you know, for him to go away, eat it during lunch and come back to me and go, we do the... Uh, you know, you imagine your thumbs on the side and you either drop it down or you, you, you go thumbs up or thumbs, thumbs down. Thumbs up or thumbs down. So every now and again I get a two thumbs up. There's, there's no hats in my house. It's just thumbs in my house. So it's either one thumbs up or two thumbs up or one thumbs down or two thumbs down. I've only had one thumbs down once. So I'm doing okay, I think. Well, it's funny. I, I probably do a bit of that while I'm watching them online, Jerry. So, do the like, does the school give guidance on what should be in in lunch boxes? Because clearly, you're smashing it out of the park, right? But do they like? Is is that still a thing these days? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, they discourage packaged um, uh, foods. A lot of uh, Harry has fruit time, so you see his lunch box on my Instagram or on my reels. It's always um, he has a fruit. So he has one canister of fruit yeah. and it might be berries, strawberries, apples or whatever it is. Um, they always encourage veggies and they don't like uh, uh, pizzas and things like that. Yeah. But I think because we're making the pizza, I think that's okay, right? That pizza's good, right? Um, and my wife's really good with making the muffins. So you see Harry will always either have a muffin or a, a, a cake of some sort. But it's always loaded with lentils and carrots yeah. and zucchinis and veggies in there plus the banana that's been sitting on the bench for the last, you know, few days. <laughs> the black banana. In the lunchbox. So what's worked the best? Because I know I saw the other week Sushi Week and I was like, mate, I like how I'm not getting time to make that sort of sushi and different sushi every day for me. What's been the most popular of everything you guys have done together? Look, I think sushi has been the most popular because it's all in the prep, right? Because when we think sushi, we've got to make it, we're going to make the rice and all these other things. But I literally make the rice or the tomago on a Sunday or the night before. Yeah. So the next morning, all I'm doing is just heating up the rice and rolling it in the seaweed. Uh, or I do balls that he really likes. So we do little uh, rice sushi balls with tuna in there and furakaka in there, which is a Japanese seaweed mix. Thank you. I was wondering. <laughs> I wasn't swearing at you, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the side, we always have um, uh, the fresh seaweed and get little packs, a little Korean little packs. Yeah. And then he'll get the fresh uh, seaweed and dip and grab uh, the rice balls and eat it like that at lunch. So that's been our favourite. But Harry really doesn't like a lot of um, meat. So he doesn't eat a lot of meat at home. He eats a lot of veggies and carbs, right? Yeah. But every time I put a cheeseburger in there, and I know you've seen it, he just smashes it. For some reason, it just works for it. I love what you say for some reason. That and pies, little mini pies. I haven't done little mini pies for a while. 
but he just smashes it. Hey, where did you grow up? Because my like my, I think about my school lunchbox, and I'm not kidding. It was so predictable because I don't think I ate ev- anything other than uh, white bread and Vegemite. I had a Vegemite sandwich on you know soft white processed bread, uh, an Uncle Toby's chocolate chip yep. muesli bar, cheese. and a packet of cheese twisties yep. was my lunch every single yep. day. What, what what did you have? What was school lunches for you? Look, you know, I, I grew up. Uh, I, I grew up in uh, Brisbane and West End, uh, and it was a really mixed community of um, Vietnamese people, Italians, and Greeks. <clears throat> and so, my mother would make, you know, fried rice, fried noodles, oh, yeah. um, that kind of stuff. And so, I would swap my lunch, my fried rice and fried noodles, for my mate's salami sandwich because that's not what I normally yes. had at home. Grass is always and, like, greener, yeah. Looking, yeah, right. And then. So I would swap my fried rice or my noodles or, or whatever mum's made for my salad or whatever she's made for me, and I would buy my mate and we'll catch up and we'll swap it for uh, a salami sandwich. I used to get canteen money every now and again. Yes. And I would, used to love a sausage roll. One of my favourite things, sausage rolls, and it was like a treat. I think it used to be like 50 cents or something like that. And this is like, you know, in the, the, the late 80s, early 90s, and it was – a sausage roll with some sauce, and I thought I was so cool. Like, because so cool. you because you were. I was pie and sauce with a choc jam donut and a big M, and it was oh, God, the best thing M, in the world. Right? Um, yeah. Hey, so when, you, when you're not uh, making sushi for, for Harry, what's going on in Jerryland at the moment? What are you working on? Because I know, you know, Fernom is still well and truly pumping. What else is happening for you? Look, I'm just spending a lot of time with the family. You know, after COVID, we've closed a majority of our venues, and... I'm just making family my focus. I think like a lot of people last year, I really struggled uh, coming out of COVID and, and what I was supposed to do and what the expectation for me was. Mm. So I'm concentrating this year. I've got a pop-up, uh, a dinner at the Panama Dining Room um, on the, I want to say the 12th yeah. of this month. And then I've got um, just working on pop-ups and things and working with other chefs and collabs. Uh, I really enjoyed that part. I really enjoyed the part where, I get to cook food that I love cooking. Yeah. And, and it sounds silly, right? Because when you work in a restaurant, you got to f- cook food that the audience really wants. Yep, as opposed but to you're now my captive. Cook. You are here. You've come because you want me to cook yeah, for you and correct, I'm going to cook correct. whatever I think is fabulous. Correct. And it's about pushing people's boundaries, right? You know, when we think of Vietnamese food, we always think fur, bunny, rice paper rolls, and we do some rice paper roll at the table and that kind of stuff, right? But there's a, that's only a tiny, tiny, tiny little layer of Vietnamese food. There are 20, 30 other soups and noodles and broths, a lot of shellfish that we haven't even touched, um, a lot of uh, salads, curries, spices, just a lot we haven't really touched. And I'm, I, I'm loving um, scratching on that, even if I'm doing a small video when I'm doing it at home to load onto socials. Uh, or you're right, I'm a captive uh, audience when I do a, a, a pop-up. Yeah. And I'm just making people think outside the square of just what we think Vietnamese food is. I'm just trying to bring it to the next layer of what, you know, where we could go with Vietnamese food. Well, I can say that I went to a fabulous collaboration you did at Auntie Kim's with um, Chef Noah Crowcroft, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I think it's worth people looking out for those. Jerry my chef, owner of Fabulous Fernom, mum of Harry and James. Um, I'm going to up my work lunch game after this, I can tell you. We will encourage people to head to Fernom at 567 Collins Street for a brilliant city Vietnamese feed, but also maybe just to follow you on Instagram at Chef Jerry Mai, just to find out 
out about some of those really fun one-off dinners that, that you're doing as well. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. Thanks, Jerry. Stick around. Still got time to share some tips on what to eat, drink and do in Melbourne on Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. For lovers of easy music, it all adds up with 3MP and Crystal Clear Stereo right across Melbourne. There to make a better, clearer sound for you to enjoy your easy music favourites. Upgrade your radio to DAB Plus and change the way you listen to Easy Music 3MP. Find out more at 3mp.com.au. All right, well, we got through a lot, but there's still a little bit of time left to talk all things Eat, Drink, Do Melbourne, starting with food. Now, it's already a Windsor favourite, but Neptune Food and Wine is giving us just another reason to get in to experience their fabulous food and service. They're relaunching to the simpler Neptune and staying true to that name by seriously amping up their seafood offering. There's been a bit of a refresh for the interiors, but the team are promising they'll take all the stiffness out of seafood and offer up a bit more playful take on the stuff. Think fairy bread in the form of toasted focaccia with garlic butter and salmon roe. If you need an excuse to get in, maybe you could try the Forever Shells Saturday lunch offer. So that's when 60 bucks will get you a three-course set menu plus unlimited shells on a rotating basis. So it might be vongolet, mussels or maybe oysters. You can check out the full new menu at neptune.melbourne. Now, how familiar are you with your Maltese food? Here's your chance to get a little more acquainted. The unofficial ambassador to that island nation, Shane D'Elia, is marking Maltese Independence Day by offering up some exclusive specials at Maha East and Maha North. From next Monday, the 25th, all the way through until Sunday, the 8th of October, he and Chef Jake Kassar have come up with some seriously nice-sounding dishes. Maltese specials like mortadella pastizzi, uh, a Maltese ricotta ravioli with D'Elia-style rabbit sauce, or maybe a braised Maltese rabbit leg served with fried potatoes seasoned with fennel seed and garlic. They'll be available every day during that period until they're sold out. So I'd consider booking to make sure you get a taste. You can head to mahaeast.com.au or you guessed it, mahanorth.com.au. To drink, well, how about exploring the mystery to most that is sake? In celebration of World Sake Day, Rabata in the city is collaborating with retailer Super Sake to put on a brilliant lunch on Sunday the 1st of October. Chef Yasuki Furukawa has pulled out all the stops on his four-course menu, from hand-dived sea urchin or char-grilled abalone to saltwater black cod. And, of course, each dish is perfectly designed to complement a special selection of quality sake from across Japan. This is going to be a special one. You can book your spot now at rabata.com.au. Still drinking and we are smack bang in the middle of Negroni week. And if you haven't indulged in one yet, well, here's an option for you. How about dropping into one of Melbourne's most salubrious venues, Collins Street Society Restaurant, where they are hosting renowned bartender Jizzy Casteldo from London Bar Quant for a one-night-only residency in their lounge bar. She's mixing up three Quant cocktails at Hero Campari, so of course one of those will be a contemporary take on the classic Negroni, and they'll all be served up alongside curated snacks from Society's Kitchen. This is all happening this Sunday, the 24th of September, from 5pm to 8pm, and... 
there are no bookings. So you can just head on in and get ready for a pretty amazing night. You can grab some more details at the What's On page at societyrestaurant.com. And finally, lastly, do. What should you be getting out and doing? Well, how about taking advantage of cherry blossom season in the Yarra Valley? Because this school holidays, right now, Cherry Hill Orchards Blossom Festival is on. It's going all the way through till Sunday, the 1st of October. And they just want visitors to head down and wander through those beautiful rows of cherry blossoms that are in full bloom, enjoy some cherry-based drinks or ice cream, live music and activities for all the family. Don't miss their cherry vodka or maybe their cherry blossom gin. There'll be food trucks and a range of workshops and other stuff to do. You can check out all the offering at cherryhill.com.au. And just like that, we are done for another fortnight. I'm always keen to hear your feedback, so drop me a line, relish at 3mp.com.au. But this has been the Relish Podcast, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's easy music, 3MP. You've been listening to the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson. 